Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. I have a very important message for today I've entitled it Obeying Your Conscience The Key to Destiny I think that once Christians get born again they think that's it you know and um they're not as sensitive to their conscience, maybe as they used to be even before they became Christians. This is such a great truth, and it's a destiny-shaping truth that I'm about to share with us. And it applies both to sinners and saints. And when, after we get born again for us as saints, it becomes that much more important. Before we get born again, it affects, you know, our destiny, determines, I'm going to show you many examples in the scripture in a minute, you know. But after we become Christians, it's even that much more important. Sadly and regrettably, the Apostle Paul tells us that some Christians have said their conscience, born again, spirit-filled. They're seared with, like with a hot iron. They're not sensitive to the things of the spirit anymore, to the conscience. They don't listen to it. Some of them, we have the word, you know, they don't listen to the... Now, what do we mean by obeying your conscience? It means saying yes with your will to what your conscience tells you is the truth and acting upon it as much as possible and I've added that because even as Christians and certainly this is true of sinners because of the domination of the sin nature you might find a man agrees with what God and tries to do it but he doesn't do it very well God doesn't mind that so long as at the heart level he's saying yes and he's acting upon it to the best of his ability as far as God is concerned, that person has obeyed their conscience. Now, he may not be able to do everything that God is priming him to do, but he has shown a willingness to do it. And for such people, Christian and sinner, you find that God shows himself strong on their behalf. That is why the scripture says, I'm getting ahead of myself, it's one of the scriptures I'm going to re reference in a minute, but I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. You know, in Second Chronicles chapter 16, and verse 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. Observe, that was number one in the Old Testament. Number two, it wasn't Israel. It was the whole earth. This, your universal truth to all human beings on the face of the earth. He did it then, he's still doing it today. The eyes of the Lord are scanning. That's a computer 
modern expression, scanning the whole earth, and wherever he sees those whose hearts are perfect, these people who are obeying their conscience, those who are saying yes to obvious truth, they may not know God yet. God shows himself strong on their behalf. But the antithesis is also true. Those who say no, he doesn't show himself strong on their behalf. The mercy of God on those people is reduced. See, mercy is the uh, kindness of God, as just a different expression, you know, to men based on the honesty of their heart. It's the eternal life, but it's given from the outside because they're not born again yet, you know. So it comes from the outside and it influences their, 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 their will, their mind, their emotions, their body, their circumstances in such a way as to begin to maneuver them into the will of God so that they will fulfill their destiny. That's why I say it is the key to obeying destiny. Now let's look at scripture. Romans chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 to start with. Then from there we'll go to chapter 1. I'm putting chapter 2 before chapter 1 because of the context in which I'm teaching. It says, for when the Gentiles... I didn't hear you. He's talking about people who are not born again. The nations. The, this applies to... I remember when I first got born again, around the time I got there, one of the questions I had in my heart was what's going to happen to our forefathers who didn't get to know the, who didn't get to know Scripture? They didn't preach to them. They died. Are they going to hell? That thing bothered me for years until I understood this. This is universal. Not only is it universal, it spans the entire time spectrum of man's existence. Now what God has been doing this since the fall of Adam till today. It's still happening today. It happened before Jesus came. It happened after Jesus came. Wherever people are, this I'm about to read to you is functional. For when the Gentiles, we have not the law. The law just means the word of God. You know, they don't, they don't have the Bible. They don't know God like we do. Do by nature. Everybody scream it. Say it again. I didn't hear you. You know, when we do things, we do it by the Spirit. But they don't do it by the Spirit. They don't know the Spirit. So, the, 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 the Scripture, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, uses the word nature. What it actually means in practice is that they do it by God's sovereignty. They call it nature. But it's by the, God sovereignly works upon them to do the right thing. Even though they don't know the God. It's a great truth. And this thing, it doesn't only stop when you're a sinner. After you become a Christian, the same thing is still happening. You find, you, you find God is showing mercy to some people. And then some other people just ah, why? It's the heart. We've given this example over and over and over again. I taught it recently on Saul and David. The sins of David were more grievous in terms of what actually happened than the sins of Saul. Well, to some degree. Saul never committed adultery with anybody's wife as far as we know. You know, 
and suddenly didn't have their husbands killed. That's a very grievous sin. Although Saul's sins too were terrible, you know, rebellion, you know, and then, and, and, you know, idolatry and consulting a witch, which is probably more terrible than adultery. And, but none of them is good anyway, you know. But we see God showing mercy to David and taking mercy from Saul. He actually said so. He said, I took my mercy from him. Then he promised David, he said, I will not take my mercy from you as I took him from Saul. Why? This thing. Conscience. And uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me say. What actually happens is that a track record of how you obey your conscience is kept in heaven. When we're in university... I think they still do the same, you know. I still remember. One of the things I loved about University of Ibadan, I think most universities do this, was what we had was continuous assessment. Before I entered UI, I entered UI in 1974, September 74. The years before, that's, you know, I think 71, they used to have what they called Almighty June. Everybody did final exam in June, and it's what you get in June that determines whether you pass or fail. So if you make any mistake in that June exam, no matter how good you've been in over the year, you know, you fail. But they found that that was not a good system. So they adopted, I think they adopted it from America. They call it continuous assessment. So what happens, what happened with me in UI, by the grace and mercy of God, I had a first class in physics. And what helped me was I was consistent. I were looking back now, it wasn't just me, it's this thing by nature. <laughs> it was the mercy of God. That time I didn't know God. I wasn't born again or anything. But when I look back now, I know it was the mercy of God. God had mercy on me to be consistent. So, in you are in those days, you know, even coming to lecture is a part. You miss your lecture, it's going to affect your GPA. They call it GPA now. We do use call it GPA in those days. Your great point average. You know, then you have to attend all labs, you know, because we were in physics, so we did a lot of lab work, you know, laboratory, tutorials, homeworks, everything is counting towards your final grade. Then you do an exam, of course, but the exam, you know, the exam only used to carry about 60% or, or, or 50 or 40. The rest is the continuous assessment. So that you are going to be judged on how good a student you really were. I remember, it was just, you know, by the way, you know, going, I, I just came back from England, and when I finished with Brother Emiko, I was looking for a job. You know, uh, I taught in a school, and I was trying to get back into the university system. Anyway, I went to the Polytechnic. They took me UI anyway. But I went to the, I went to the Polytechnic here. You know, to see the head of department because I was looking for something to do anyway before the because UI zone hadn't come out. So I, I just said, look, let me try poly because I could lecture in poly and all of that. And I remember Professor Mrs. Oreshegun, you know, she was in poly before she crossed over to UI. So I said, maybe I'll do that. I'll go to poly. So I went to poly and I went to see the head of department of physics there. I still remember, I can still remember his face. And I gave him my certificate, you know, transcript and all of that. He looked at it. Then he looked at me. 
He looked at it again, then he looked at me. He looked at it the third time, then he looked at me. He said, you must have been not only consistent, but consistently good. I have never seen a result like this. They gave me the job, but I, I turned it down because the UI one came out, so I, I couldn't go. I didn't go to Poly. That's what God does. It's continuous assessment. God will not fail you simply because you failed one exam. Mm-hmm. Thank you, darling. God will not. This is true for sinner. It's true for saint. The man who consistently obeys his conscience then has one big fall like David. You will not fail. Because if you do a continuous assessment of David's life, the, 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 his, his attitude towards the things of God and obeying his conscience, he did that, that, that 90 something percent. That was just a small period of it. So it was not enough to bring down his GPA. So even in the annals of God's word, Pastor G. David still had the first class. Give the class, David a super clap offering. He missed, he missed a distinction. Like Joseph. Joseph got a distinction. But he's still, he's still first class. That's why we still talk about Jesus, the son of David. He was not judged on that one event. It's continuous assessment. Now I got news for you. You are being continuously assessed today. I've got more news for you. You have been consistently assessed from your mother's womb. It was your assessment that determined where you got born again, when you got born again. It is this continuous assessment that is determined how much revelation you are getting, the state of your heart, and it is going to determine your destiny. Young people, every day I thank God. I got born again when I was still, I had done some bad things, but not too many. <laughs> you know, I got born again quickly at the age of 20. My wife too got born again at the age of 22. You know, 21, 22, somewhere in there. You know, so we were very young. It helped. When I look back now, it's one of the things that really helped us. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Because I tell you, it's because it's continuous assessment. If you get born again, yes, God can help you. Your sins will be something. But there's some ground you may not be able to cover. Hence this. The significance of this message. Do by nature. That's where I left off. The things contained in the law. These, I didn't hear you. Having not the law. They don't know the Bible. They don't have the word of God. They're not Christians. Are a what? Law unto themselves. I'm talking about obeying your conscience. Which show? I didn't hear you. The work of the law. Written in their hearts. Ah! Two questions. Who wrote it? God. You know, the Yoruba people, incidentally, Pa Elton, 
spoke about the Yorubas in that interview and said that the revival is going to start in Yoruba land. Spot on. It's not because the Yorubas are special. Nobody is special. But all the peoples that God favor, He favors them for their father's sakes. Israel is special, not because of the Israelites, but because of what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did. Are you listening to me? Nigeria and Yoruba land is favored, not because there are so many terrible Yoruba people, hypocrites, <laughs> and all of that, but because of Bishop Ajayi Crowther. God never forgets. He is a covenant-keeping God. Are you listening to me? Of all the tribes in, 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 there was no Nigeria at that time. Nigeria did not come into being until 1914. But before Nigeria became Nigeria, do you understand? In what they call the Southern Protectorate and all of that, you know, the British missionaries who came and began to preach the gospel, they found a, uh, not everybody, but there was a, there, there was a significant number of the Yoruba people who began to respond to God. One of them was this young boy called Ajay Crowther. He was actually a slave. He was actually, his, his hometown, he's saying, the, 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 the slave traders raided the place. So he was taken as a slave, and he was taken, he, they were taking them, you know, for, to America to become a slave. The British that had, you know, you know um, put into place the anti-slavery law, you know, the abolition of the slave trade, it was a British ship. Give the Lord a clap offering for the queen. That's why God will always save the king. You don't understand. People don't understand. They don't know anything. God, he's a covenant-keeping God. It was a British ship that intercepted the slave ship and set the people free. They now shipped, watch this story. They shipped them to Syria alone. So he was in Syria alone for some time. Then he became a Christian. He submitted to the, 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 the British, the English missionaries. They taught him the Bible, you know, gave him education. Some, you know. Then he came back. He was shipped back to Nigeria. When he gave, came back to Nigeria, he went to go to his village to go and look for his mother and his sister, and he found them. Give the Lord another clap offering. Give Bishop Ajay Crowder a, clap, a super clap offering. We are here today because of the man. And others like him. Do you know what he did? He made a vow to God. That he was going to get this gospel to his people. So he sat down and translated the Bible into Yoruba. God will never forget. It's like the King James Bible. So why are the why are the Yorubas? Because of that. He even started to help the Igbos translate it to Igbo. This same Ajayi Crowder called the Igbo guys who got born again, you know, some of the bishops and all of that. He was the first African bishop to be ordained in the Church of England in 1864. That's why. And down through the years, there's always been a remnant in Yoruba land. You and I are part of it. That has been faithful to God. And because of that remnant, 
there is a there is a favor. Just just like God has a favor for the Jews because of their fathers, God has a favor on the United Kingdom because of their fathers. The King James Bible, John Wesley, God will never forget. The missionaries, the David Livingstones, the Mary Slashers, and thousands of others we don't know. We don't know their names. That laid down their lives, God will never forget. That's why England will never go down. Go and write it. Go and write it. The same thing with America. Because of their fathers. America gave us the Azusa Street, the Topeka, Kansas, the Baptist of the Return of the Baptist, 1901. January 1, 1901. Thomas Parham, Topeka, Kansas. Then, a few years later, 1906, in Azusa Street. Then, after that, America gave us the voice of healings, the word of faith, and the charismatic movement. God will never forget. Those three nations, and there will be others who will come along, nothing can happen to them. That's why Putin is wasting his time. Because the, the UK and US are the greatest supporters of Ukraine. And you know what? My wife said this when this thing first happened. Do you know that Velensky is Jewish? You don't know. The president of Ukraine is Jewish. Seed of Abraham. You want to fight him, you will lose. Give the Lord a clap. Offering somebody. <laughs> Glory be to God. The God who watches over his word to perform it. Are you listening to me? So, God writes that law in their conscience. Their conscience also, I didn't hear you. Bearing witness and their thoughts. The meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another, verse 16, and I'll stop there on, in this section, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. You see, on judgment day, there are, two, there are going to be two main judgments. There's going to be the Bema seat. The Bema seat is where we Christians go. It's not to judge whether you go to heaven or go to hell. It's going to be judgment based on your re- that will determine your reward in eternity. You know, which will determine the glory, the order of your resurrection, you know, and all of that. I preached that last week. You know, that judgment is, 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 is going to be based on, you're already born again, that's baseline. That's not, so that's not. They're going to look at your heart. That's why I call it the secrets of men. The things that are in your, your yes, your no, your yes, your no. Cumulative assessment. Of how you obeyed your conscience. And therefore did the will of God or didn't do it. Will now determine your position in the kingdom. Whether you, know, you have authority over five cities. Over one city. Over ten cities. Or over no cities. <laughs> oh, it's, it's there. They'll be in the kingdom. Born again, but nothing. No ruling. They don't, they don't even come near the throne. They will see God afar off. I always see the throne. They will see the people go there. But you don't. You stay where you are. You are not worthy. Because of the way you lived your life. It's, that assessment is going on now. As I speak. 
That's why if you check the, 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 the scriptures, it says that, talking about the great white throne judgment, the same thing is going to happen at the great. The great white throne judgment will have some sinners, a few saints, like I, we checked this last week, a few saints, those ones are that, you know, that are raised from the sea. So they're, they're, they're resurrected, but they do not have glorified bodies. They have natural bodies, but they, they go to heaven. Then, death and hell, those ones go to the lake of fire. You know, so that's what happens. That's the judgment of the great white throne judgment. Even there, too, the same thing is going to happen. They, go, they, 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 they will play back your life from cradle to grave. Show you all how you are you obeying your conscience. They will show you how God tried to help you and make you turn. You, you, you are stubborn. You refuse. You did your own. That's why the Bible says, and the books, everybody say books, not one. And the books were opened. And another book, which is the book of life. And they were judged out of the things that were written in the books. And everyone who was not found in the book of life, that he didn't get born again, that one goes to hell straight. But the ones who are, he said, and the things, not only the book of life, and the things that were written in the books. This is this conscience thing. It's happening though. We are under continuous assessment as I speak. Over the years, by the grace and the mercy of God, I, yet not I, have been very careful about this thing. Even if I quarrel with men, and I, you know, maybe I even do something or say something wrong, when I go back to God, I don't pretend. I wrote that prayer for us. We preached it here a few Sundays ago. I judge myself. I condemn my wicked actions and attitudes. I crucify by the Spirit. The sin nature in I don't spare myself. I'll tell you something I did some years ago. I've just been quickened. I've been forgotten, but I've just been quickened. I did some things that were not very good. As a Christian then, you know, I got into a relationship I shouldn't have gotten into a relationship with. You know, I wasn't praying the way I should be praying and all that. You know what I did? Isn't that house in Abu where we started scripture pasture? I stood before God. I said, God, I am sorry. I slapped myself. I'm telling you the truth. Not, not serious slap. I rather slap myself than somebody slap me. I'm being serious. I slapped myself. Foolish boy. I rebuked myself. It was inside my room. Nobody knew. I stood. Can you disgrace God? Look at how you behave. Ah, I chastened myself. And I promised God. I said, God, that will never happen again. And it didn't. Many people are not hard on themselves. And even if they have somebody, a good pastor, by the grace and the mercy of God, like me, or mommy, who... Shout on you and slap you. You will, you will leave the church. Yes. Get offended. And all we are trying to do is bring you back into the road of destiny. I did it to myself. That's why I'm standing here today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service 
and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.